Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick, and we've got a Jets preview. It's the MetLife Bowl, the day we've all been waiting for. It's been four years since the Giants have played in the MetLife Bowl. I'm excited for it. I know it's not as it's not as much stakes as people thought it would be before the season started, but damn it, I want the Giants to win and get to 3-5. and five. Justin, how are you? Hey, Bobby Skinner. Uh, really glad to be going back home uh, this Sunday at MetLife Stadium, come hang out with us at our tailgate in Lot L16. Really happy to be going back. Um, this has been a Jets game that I've hyped up since the offseason, and that's been a game that I've circled on my calendar. And hey, hey, it was with the intention of playing Aaron Rodgers, and because you know I'm not, I'm not really a Rodgers guy, but still, there's been a lot of talk on the town about you know what 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 team is better, and Jets fans flaunting. Their three and three record and Giants fans, I feel like kind of just humbly putting their head down because it's not been a great season. You know what? Giants are getting a little bit healthier in some key areas. Defense is starting to play better. Bobby, I want this game, man, and I want this game bad. I, you know, you're you're in Florida, so I, I feel it a little bit more living in New Jersey and you know working in New York. I do think that there is a little bit of a, a Jets Giants rivalry, and and I and I think. Like, I take pride in beating the Jets, and I want to take pride in continuing to beat the Jets, beating the Jets, and being the bigger brother. So, let's go out and let's win this game. Yeah, it's not it's not an NFC East rivalry, but it does mean more than than any, any other typical AFC game. Um, and I've been listening to a lot of fans this week because of all their uh, their dramas. Um, so it, it, it is, it is a big week for the giants and guess what? Any, anytime you got an NFL game, it's a big week. We somehow uh, so came on top of that WFAN drama, by the way, always on top. Baby. We, we came up on top. Shout out Carl we, Banks giving you a retweet. Yeah, but I, 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 I criticized Carl. I know we both did, which is the crazy part. <laughs> uh, all right, let's get it. Let's get into this episode. First episode was brought to you by some special people. Uh, I might be repeating, uh, but Matthew, uh, Chris Italy. And then John Perigioni. I th- I feel like Italian people are just signing up on Patreon just to hear their name on the show. Two Justin, more, who are these people? Two more pizza people, as you call them. Um, <laughs> these pizza people went to patreon.com slash talkergiants. Two dollars a month plus some other tiers. You get to hang out with us live while we record the shows. Bobby Skinner will send you some stickers in the mail. There's some shirt raffles. And you get to, like I said, I, I think I said this, watch the shows while they're being recorded. Thanks to our patrons. Love you. It's looking like we got Tyrod Taylor uh, week three, Justin, which I actually had this thought today. And you know me and my backup QB uh, thoughts on, on team building, right? Where I don't put a premium on backup QB. 
But I will say, in the moment, it is nice that we are starting a backup QB who we, like we feel we have the quarterback advantage two weeks in a row. Yeah. Yes. Now that just may be how the schedule, you know, came along. But it's like I would rather have Tyrod Taylor over Zach, obviously Zach Wilson yeah. and, Pro- and probably a little bit more of a reflection on Zach Wilson. But the statement is still true. Yeah, and I would, I would, <laughs> I would rather have uh, Tyrod over Sam Howell. Um, so that is nice. And again, I am, I am in full conspiracy mode that like I think this is the long term injury of Daniel Jones until I'm told that it's not. I mean, it's it is getting so similar to 2021. And maybe there was rumors that he could have came back in 2021 if they were in contention. Like I don't know, but I I, I don't I don't know. And t- but my my thought process is until he is cleared for contact, I'm not believing he's playing. Maybe he gets cleared late this week and he plays. But we're gonna we're gonna go forward like Tyrod is the starter. Um, and this Jets defense is good, man. Even though their counting stats are not great, um, like they're 13th in the NFL in scoring at 19.8 points per game. Uh, 15th in passing yards per game, which we'll start with their passing defense first, right? But I, I think they are so much better than what the numbers say. Um, Justin, they have the second lowest blitz rate in the NFL while having the third highest pressure rate. And it really allows them to do so much with their defense. And it makes you, it makes it really, really hard to have continued success for them because the way they do it. And they guess what? It's not just, you know, it's not just one guy. They have a rotation of rushers. It starts with Quinn Williams, right? He's number one. He's the best. He's a top three to four, you know, he, depending on who you like him more, him or Dex, he's the top three or four ta- defensive tackle in the NFL. He is consistently dominating and penetrating and allows rushers to get one-on-one. But they've also got a, a rotation of guys who can, you know, do really well. Bryce Huff, uh, you know, has the seventh highest pass win rate in the NFL right now. Three sacks, eight hits, 23 pressures. John Franklin Myers and Jermaine Johnson have been doing a very good job. Um, and when they get you in third and long, they'll pit, you know, three of those guys and Quinn Williams on the field. And it's really, it's, it's really hard to protect them up, even though they haven't been a great third down defense. Yeah, this has been a defense that's really carried this unit, especially in their wins this year, where the de- the defense, I feel, has put, Two of the biggest Jets wins this year, the Bills and then the Eagles. The defense has made like game saving, game winning plays for them as well. It's like here, well, we're we're just basically going to make it almost impossible for this offense to f up this game because of how how well the defense, the Jets defense, can make plays. And Bobby, you you talked about how the Jets' pass rush is a little bit similar to Dallas's in regards to. They just have a lot of different athletes and a lot of different guys that can come in there and get a job done and create pressure and, and put pressure on a quarterback. Yeah, they're not going to stunt and, and jump gaps as much. I, I actually think I'd compare it more to San Fran. Okay. Because San Fran has a nice little stable of rushers too. Um, and also, it's a San Fran-type defense. Obviously, that's where Robert Sala um, came from. Uh but again, yeah, like those two teams where man, they they don't just have you know Nick Bosa or Michael Parsons. They got they got that one guy, but they've got a stable of rushers and they will rotate them, keep them fresh, and they're going to come after you all game long. Like I said, second lowest blitz rate in the NFL with the third highest pressure rate. Can I tell you? This is a little different from talking specifically like D line linebacker corner, but can I tell you the the biggest task the Giants offense has to accomplish? This weekend, more than any other game so far this season, Giants offense need 
needs to get off to a fast start. They need to. We're talking past the Giants passing offense and Jets pass defense. Let's talk passing first. First half, a 69.5 completion rate allowed the Jets defense. The second half, 62.8. 6.9 yards per attempt in the first half allowed. 5.9 yards per attempt allowed in the second half. Seven passing touchdowns allowed. One passing touchdown allowed in the second half. The Jets defense has a lot of total of nine touchdowns in the first half. They've only allowed one in the second half all this year. Bobby Skinner, Mike Kafka talked all summer, most of the offseason, about this team needs to start fast. In 2022, they started kind of slow, and they had a lot of those fourth quarter comebacks, which were fun. But man, if they're if that was a, a lesson and a theme that this coaching staff picked up on this summer, we really, really need to see it enacted this Sunday against the Jets because the Jets' defense is a little vulnerable in the first half. They're still pretty good, probably a little bit more vulnerable on the ground than they are through the air. But in the second half, they are locked down all over the place, and I think that's where the, the depth of the defense really shows up in the second half. So the Giants need to win this game on offense in the first half, get a lead, similar to how they did against Washington last week. Yeah, yeah. And again, like you said, they keep their guys fresh. Uh, and I think some of that has to do with their rushing defense, which we'll, we'll, we will get to. Um, now, here's the negative side for them that they only rush for. It does leave lanes for quarterbacks to escape and run, right? Like, I just go through QB rushing stats uh, and there's six games. Jalen Hurts, 47. Russell Wilson, 49. Patrick Mahomes, 51. Uh, Mac Jones, 13. Dak, 14. And Josh Allen, 36. So it's not just like, it's not design rushes really either. Like, they are scrambling. And a lot of times, it's like they will push the pocket, right? You'll see a great rush, but you'll see the QB kind of escape up the, the top through it. And we know Tyrod Taylor has is very willing to do that. So, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to get into that too quickly, right? But I feel like it'll do you uh, more good than harm to be willing to escape versus this Jets uh, front. And again, they also like they live in their zones out of you know cover three and cover four with some man sprinkled in. But they they are aggressive on the sidelines, turning stuff in the man. Like the you know sauce is obviously really good. You know uh, DJ Reed's good for them. I think both those guys should be playing. Um, right, where but they allow seventy three percent of their passes each, but they're only giving up each thirty yards per game passing, right? Um, and they just force you to be kind of perfect. And if once you start taking some shots, they will take advantage. They have eight interceptions in six games, five from their safeties, um, and they have the third lowest air yards completed and the seventh lowest average depth of target, despite the low blitz rate, which yep. usually like you know uh, you know t- ball coming out quick. Low air yards, that usually coincides with a team that blitzes a lot, Can like like the New York Giants, but not them because they have that four that rushes there and gets pressure and forces you to get the ball out quick, but they do a really good job uh, defending it in the back end. But really in the passing game, you just have to attack the middle of the field with you know Tyrod rushing, but their linebackers are aggressive and they just kind of leave the middle of the field open. So if the Giants are going to have some success in the passing game, this has to be another Darren Waller game. Now that's my worry, Bobby. Because that was a, it's been a criticism of Daniel Jones for the last couple of years, for specifically under Brian Dable, that he has not been able to attack the middle of the field. Tyrod Taylor really hasn't been able to attack the middle of the field. Like a lot of the big plays have been kind of those catch and release 
throws to Slayton and Hyatt on the sideline, and that's fine. Not sure. I mean, hey, maybe you know you saw it a little bit in the preseason game where Hyatt got open on the sideline, but not sure that's going to be fully successful here where I agree if you need to attack the middle of the field, but that's not something that this Brian Dable offense over the last two years has done a good job doing. Yeah, and it's not necessarily like the deep 20-plus yard, but like that deep intermediate to short area of the field. That's where I feel like you got to get Darren Wallenfart, which includes like the RPO game and stuff. Yeah. Again, like Quincy Williams, who we'll talk about in the run game, is very aggressive. So you can get him out of his places um, when you run some of those RPO stuff. So more so in like the quick game. like And hey, you like the Giants like to run you know these zone-beating concepts, which they're going to face. It's... I think the way to do it is like, hey, you've got your concept on the front side, but I even saw like the like I've I've talked about that shock concept with the Slayton slot fade, uh, Waller on the stick, and then the running back hitch on the outside, right? Like I actually saw the Broncos do that, right? And the Jets c- covered it very well, but they leave the backside open, so run some backside digs in breaking routes on the backside of your passing concepts. So if they do cover it well, you get back to that backside of your progression. And that might be there for a nice little chunk play. And if it's not there, that's when you know you can step up and try and run. And, and hopefully we don't get uh, give up sacks and create negative plays when they're when they're covering the Giants' concepts up pretty well. Um, they've also given up screens. But here's the thing, Justin. You know my theory that I've always said is like that every team, besides the ones that are really good at it, thinks their team sucks at running screens because you don't watch all the failed screens every week. You just see the ones that are highlights. Yeah. Well, that theory is not holding true for the Giants. I saw a graph the other day. They are the worst screen running team in the NFL. Um, so they, although they do give up screens, um, I don't want to uh, get a lot of it. But here's my worry with this Jets defense is that they are going to play the Giants extremely similar to the way that the 49ers did, right? 49ers based defense, 49ers type rush, um, where they are going to give you the, like the look of quick game. But they're going to be driving in on it, right? So you can there's be opportunities for big plays here and there, but that rush is just going to get there consistently. That you kind of have to be perfect, right? Um, but if they are driving in on that, you kind of have to trust protection to just at least get them off from doing that, right? But I also am very worried about the offensive line this game, right? Like I know they've they did very well pass blocking versus the Commanders. They did an, enough versus Buffalo, but Tyree Phillips versus Bryce Huff. Justin Pugh versus Jermaine Johnson and John Franklin Myers, and then the interior versus Quentin Williams. This is a game where I'm very worried about this offensive line wrecking it. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game either way, so they could have a horrible game. The Giants still come out on top. Right. But this, this, that, that pass rush is can bring us back to the way the Giants' offensive line played versus, versus San Fran, versus Dallas. Dallas, yeah. Uh, you know, versus, uh, you know, even Miami. Uh, even though Miami doesn't really have the the rushers. So uh, we're putting this out there that we think John Michael Schmitz will be back, and even though Andrew Thomas is ramping up, we're trusting the Paul Schwartz report that he's probably just ramping up with the intention of coming back next week and not this week? That's what I'm going to believe for now. But Andrew Thomas coming back would obviously be huge for for this offense. Um, Did you see the Doug Analytics graph? Which I think this graph should go like national – because it's not just Giants related, but it was the amount of pressure by the time to pressure. He's been doing that a lot for defense, and then I know for quarterbacks. He, he did it for quarterbacks out. this this yeah. week, and it was I was not shocked, but it was funny. Like DJ has the quickest time to pressure, 
And then like the second or third highest pressure rate. I, I can't remember exactly. And then Tyrod doesn't have like the he has like the tenth lowest time to pressure, but he still is like top of the league in pressure. It's just like, man, this offensive line is it's brutal outside of the Arizona and Commanders games. Yeah. So but here's the thing. I know probably maybe should have started with this, right? Because I think this has to be a focal point of the Giants offense. The Jets defense is twenty six in the NFL. They're twenty first in yards per carry. They give you favorable run fronts. This has to be a game where you're running the ball because of the opponent you're playing with the quarterback that you're facing and with the pass rush you're facing. One, they, again, they give you favorable run fronts. Here's what I would do. Number 70 on their defense, Quentin Jefferson. Double team him all game. I mean, I've seen, I watch offensive linemen bully him in their double teams. I mean, just guess works. So run your duo type runs, run your combo runs. Now you have to be. You have to be disciplined, right? Because Quincy Williams, their linebacker next to Mosley, does play very fast downhill. So you have to be aware of working combos. And also, like, their DBs aren't great in their run fits, specifically Sauce. Like, I know we, we don't spend a ton on rushing offense and rushing defense because it's a little – it's it's more simplistic to talk about, Justin. But this is, this is a game where – if there's any game the Giants run offense is going to work success- successfully, which it has not this season outside of Dallas, but that game got away from you, it has to be this game because you can lean on these cats. They've been bad stopping the run, and you cannot let these rushers get in rhythm, and you're also playing a horrible quarterback in Zach Wilson. Yeah, and it has to not only because of that, Bobby, but the Jets, they've, they're allowing the third lo- – they're tied for the third lowest in explosive plays allowed this year, passing explosive plays. They're tied with the, the 49ers and, and Dallas and, you know, Falcons defense having a solid year. Giants defense, uh, they've allowed 18 plays, uh, passing plays of 20-plus yards. Jets have allowed 16. So the Giants are right there. Credit to the Giants for, you know, bouncing back in that department. But if they're going to be crashing down on the quick game, the Jets defense is – then this Giants offense needs to have some sort of running game that keeps them on schedule. So we're not just overly relying on the passing game and being a one-dimensional team. Now, again, this is a reason why you need... You can't do what you did versus San Fran and have seven carries. This is a reason why you need, need, need to get off to a fast start. Jets in the first half allow 5.5 yards per attempt. In the second half, they buckle down. They allow 3.4 rushing yards per attempt in the second half. So, so far, I mean, I, I think, you know, we have almost a half a year sample size if it's a 16 game schedule. Um, I think that's a solid sample size to go off of. Um, Giants need to have success in the first half again. And it's the same thing, whether it's through the air and it's the same thing on the ground, because clearly this, this Jets defense, they've unlocked something to really buckle down in the second half. Anything else on our, on our offense? No, no. The Giants offense needs to, this needs to be the week where the Giants offense, they did it They did it last week by scoring two touchdowns in the first half against the Commanders. But this needs to be another game where the Giants offense helps out the Giants defense by making a bad offense play left-handed and become one-dimensional. That's what the Giants offense needs to accomplish this week. It's funny you mentioned left-handed uh, and a point I will get to in a second. The Jets offense is no bueno. Actually, it's 22nd in scoring, which is not horrible, right? Here's the thing. They are the worst in the red zone. They're worse on third down. They get the second least amount of first downs per game. They are an offense that just create negative plays in the run or the pass game, and you'll get them off the field because they have no trust in their quarterback, and kind of rightfully so. 
Their running game is very good, and we'll get to it. But they have a 32nd passing offense, 29th in yards per attempt. But here's I'm conflicted, Justin, right? Because we just saw Wink really dial up the blitzes versus Sam Howell and go at him and play man coverage all game long. I'm conflicted because you can definitely ruin Zach Wilson's day like that, right? Like that's the best that's the best way to have a Zach Wilson disaster game is blitz him all game long. But that's probably where he's his best is playing versus man coverage because it's not much reading for him and he can make some nice little throws, uh, you know, for the most part. Not not consistently, but he can make some throws, right? He can get on, like, lock on Garrett Wilson and just throw the ball to Garrett Wilson, who's on pace for a 1,000 yards this year. When you're playing zone, he's not making the same mistakes that he has in the past, but he's also just not productive at all, right? Where he is just getting rid of the ball, trying to not make mistakes. He doesn't see the field well. Like, he's completing 47% of his passes from 10 to 20 yards with three interceptions. Uh, you know, he's holding on to the ball too long versus zone coverage, but also not pushing the ball down the field. Um, you know, he's bottom five in average depth of target and yards per attempt with pressure. He's The running backs are getting, you know, seven targets per game. So I I am conflicted on how to attack Zach Wilson because I think if you just start blitzing, they're going to do some of the stuff commanders did, like run the rub routes and stuff, which is why I'm landing on throw mixed bag at him. Like get in your quarters, disguise some zone coverages, but also back off. Get right? in, yeah, but you know, show some cover zero looks and back, like you said, back off of that type of stuff. So don't just give them simple, hey, we're going to blitz you and play man coverage all day. That, like, but you know, you could do some of that stuff. But you kind of just got to throw, like when I chart my coverages this week, I want it to be, you know, 20%, 20%, 20%, 8%, you know, I, I, I want to see some variety to it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I am extremely disappointed in this Giants defense if they allow more than 20 points to this Jets offense, right? 20 points max, 20 points max. Very, very disappointed. Like that's, I'm confident in this defense against bad quarterbacks, extremely Extremely confident against this defense and bad quarterbacks. What what worries me, I, I I don't I don't want to transition too fast if you're not ready for it. But what what worries me is whenever Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams have to check off the field for whatever reason, and then a big play is allowed, whether that be through the air or on the ground, but specifically on the ground. Well, let's you know, we can go out of order. Let's just talk about their rushing offense because that's what's they're the best. The number twelve rushing offense, third in yards per carry, but they're also twenty eighth in attempts per game because of how bad the offense has been able to move um Brees Hall is amazing like he's one of my favorite backs in the NFL Justin and right now he's averaging six and a half yards per carry which is first among 41 running backs with 40 uh 40 attempts now you, you look at it and say well he has a lot of big runs right like he has uh his game long in three different games is 83 72 and 43 and he's averaging 3.6 yards per carry outside of that which is not great right and like analytically, this looks like a boomer bust running back that likes to bounce. He like analytically, he looks like Kenneth Walker, where it's a lot of boomer bust. Like he has the second highest amount of, uh, the second highest yard percentage of breakaway runs in the NFL, twenty eighth in success rate. Which again, I think these are all O line stats because when you watch him play, he has great vision. He has no wasted movement, and he makes guys miss within structure. He bounces only when necessary. When he does bounce, it turns into big plays. And they also have a 50-50 mix of gap and zone, uh, which I think we'll see more gap versus the Giants because they're so good versus zone run. Um, where, again, you, this is why I'm not sitting here saying, just stop the run. 
But you got to create negatives to, guess what? Keep them on rate to have the 28th most attempts in the NFL because you're not going to be consistently good versus this run, but you can consistently get them behind schedule and not allow them to run as much. And getting a lead, having a lead in the second half will That's also down, downplay, not diminish, but it'll it'll downplay the significance of a running game that the Jets can have in the second half where a Brees Hall 40-yard run, 50-yard run in the fourth quarter um, becomes less valuable if they're behind versus if they're ahead and it puts them away and it, and it wins the game for the Jets. Yeah, yeah. And again, like I think if you get up by 10 points in this game, it's over as, as long as you take care of the ball on the offensive side, uh, the offensive side, because again, like they have, they do not have any faith in this quarterback right now. He has looked his best when they hurry up the offense and stuff. Um, right. And he's kind of like forced to be into some quick decisions, but they also don't do that a lot because they know he's going to make game breaking mistakes when you could do that consistently. Um, also when you do blitz him, right. Like, he's going to be more decisive in man getting the Garrett Wilson. Tyler Conklin's been pretty capable for them. Um, you got to blit, you got to, you can't let him run to the right. You got to, like, kind of funnel him to the left. Because when he's throwing to the left, he's horrible, right? Like, if I looked at passes past the line of scrimmage, uh, on the left side of the field, he's completing 45%, while four of 19 on throws of over 10 plus yards, which is really bad. To the right, it's not great, but he's completing 57% on passes, uh, pass the line of scrimmage. I use pass the line of scrimmage because plays behind the line of scrimmage, all quarterbacks are completing like 90% of those. Um, he just is very inaccurate on those types of throws. So you guys got to force him to his left. Um, and they're gonna get they're gonna get into some max protects and run some two three man routes and try to get the ball down the field to Garrett Wilson like Garrett like they definitely try and get the ball to Garrett Wilson so you gotta if it's a Dore or Deontay Banks you gotta you know you gotta cover up well but if you get some pressure he he is inaccurate with the ball like I don't know why maybe it's the bar so low for Jets fans because I've seen them be kind of positive on Zach Wilson but he is still a very bad quarterback. And even if you don't get the mistakes out of him, he won't move the ball on you unless you're playing just flat-out horrible defense. Yeah. Kayvon, Dex, Leo, let's go. Yeah, Dex and Leonard Williams should dominate their interior, right? Like, they're they're banged up on the offensive line. They should dominate. Um, and maybe we'll talk about Kayvon later in this podcast. But, again, you have a banged-up offensive line that's not great already. Dexter, Dexter Lawrence, you should be dominating their center. They got this guy, Wes Streich. I think he played for the Commanders in the past. Leonard Williams revenge game for Leonard Williams which by the way Friday you're going to be surprised at how many revenge games are on the Giants side of the ball Uh, but Leonard Williams revenge game you didn't win the first one in 2019 let's win this one Saquon Barkley talked about too how he didn't like his before he had a real oh my god Saquon Barkley was really bad in pass pro in 2019 I, I think that was the game that I would say Saquon Barkley is a plus as a pass blocker in the NFL and as a pro right now I think that was the game where the, fi- the straw that broke the camel's back, where after that game, he was like, I need to fix this. And he did. Credit to him. Yeah. Um, yeah. The pass blocking conversation with him was, and it wasn't great, right? Like that he like that Jamal Adams sack. Yeah. Um, this was also the game that uh, Mike Remmers was hurt. So Nick Gates started at right tackle, and he looked like the best offensive lineman for the Giants that day. And then Nate Solder got hurt, and we were starting Eric Smith. Yes. Which is crazy that DJ put up four touchdowns in that game. That was – th- that was this one was of the, the game DJ the receivers games. helped. Well, I think this is the this was the game in 2019 that the receivers helped him the most. He had the Golden Tate screen touchdown, and then Slayton had all the yak on that fourth and five. Yeah, 
Also, they did that three-man rush at the goal line, and DJ's just sitting in the pocket for like eight seconds, and finally Slayton breaks open and hits him. And then the other touchdown was a Golden Tate uh, slant. Yeah. Um, I also remember, had a really nice two-point conversion to Benny Fowler in this uh, in the corner of the end zone. I remember doing a Bleeding Blue recap in 2019 after that game. Uh, Giants scored over 30 points. They lost. Stupid defense allowed so many explosive Saquon plays. Saquon had 12 rushes for one yard. And that was part of it. Like, I was really excited about Daniel Jones and his, like, development because that was in the middle of the losing streak. Saquon Barkley was a, a zero in that game. But Daniel Jones was the like basically, and the weapons was the reason why we scored like thirty points that game. I was really excited with DJ after that game. I vividly remember that game. This was like the peak of my James Betcher hate too. Oh yeah, because this game gave me the perfect evidence. Because that whole season is like you you put together this team that is built for press man coverage, and you sit back in these soft ass zones and let teams cut you to death. And that game was perfect because like every time they blitzed. It like Sam Darnold was like one of like nine on third down blitzes, and when they did zone, Sam Darnold was like averaging like twelve yards per attempt because they sit there with DeAndre Baker in zone and Janoris Jenkins in zone, and and because Sam Darnold had a really good game that game too. Look at that. And here we are now. Jamal Adams is on the Seahawks. Jonathan Harrison, remember him? He had a pancake on Leonard Williams in that game. When wow. we signed Jonathan Harrison, I I clipped that up. Any other uh-huh. memories of that game before we go into Zach Rosenblatt, a former Giants beat reporter? Some, maybe some old memories, too. Any any other memories from that game? I remember Kevin Zeitler whiffed on a pull. People were making fun of him. Nick Gates, I thought, played really well. No. Zach Rosenblatt revenge game. Fuck Zach Rosenblatt. Whoa. Um, and now look at us. We are celebrating another tailgate this Sunday in lot L16. Going from... Well, I watched that game in my college dorm in 2019 in my tiny little apartment room to now I'll be watching and celebrating this game with 80,000 people and hopefully a lot of people in lot L16. So click the link in our description, shop.johnboymedia.com. You can click on events in the top right corner and then you can purchase a ticket. You get alcohol you will get food. You will get access to entertainment. I actually kind of like the trivia. I may bring back the trivia. What I may do this week, I may just walk around with the trivia book and I may just ask people questions. Um, that's that's what I may do. So if I if I scare you and if I catch you by surprise, that's what I'm going to be doing. There's going to be Madden in the van as well. And Candlewick Diner is catering the food this week. We have alcohol. Did I say we have alcohol? Um, Candlewick Diner is catering the food this week. And the Candlewick Diner, they're celebrating their 54th year in East Rutherford this October 26th. Oh my gosh, that is today, the day that we're recording this. Happy 54th year anniversary. I'm going to tweet it out today. The third year partnering with Talking Giants for its tailgates as well. The original food caterer and supporter for the podcast. This is true. Located a mile up the road from MetLife Stadium, so it's perfect. It's a perfect spot for a pregame breakfast or postgame dinner and drinks. They have a full-service bar, in-house bakery, and free delivery. They do have an extensive menu from breakfast to burgers to steaks to pasta. Check out the Candlewick Diner in East Rutherford, New Jersey, for all your diner favorites. And check out our tailgate as well. That link is in the description. We will see you there, and you'll be glad you did. You'll be glad you did. Me and my brother actually went there for lunch last weekend, and my brother commented. It's like... Wow, these prices are like really good for for as nice as a place as this. Um, before we bring on Zach Rosenblatt, I'm going to read a Zach Rosenblatt tweet. Sure. 
Dalvin Cook is saying that it's hard for him to get going when he's only getting a few carries and that he's shown in his career that he gets better the more carries he gets. Uh. So that his yards per carry averages down because he's not getting a lot of carries. About the idea of getting traded, said those are conversations he can have with his agent and Joe Douglas, but he's not necessarily asking for a trade. Clearly frustrated with his lack of a role, said this. The more Dalvin Cook carries they give, the better. The better. Brees, Brees Hole's awesome, and Dalvin Cook is not so much anymore he's in his terrible. career. Not terrible, but he's not the player Very that he bad. once was. Solid. And here's Zach Rosenblatt. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. I would now welcome back onto the show Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic, covering the New York Jets. Um, no longer the Giants. I think we had you on for joint practices last year. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm, I mean, I'm still bitter years later that I didn't win the Tony Award uh, that year, but um, I still think it was rigged. But I, otherwise, I'm doing good. Tony Award voting is creeping up on us, and I think I'm changing the rules because it's be, kind of become just like everyone's favorite beat reporter, and it's not like a good person. It's just best reporter. Like right yeah, now, yeah, I think. Yeah, the, the start of the award was to be given to a good person, right? And that was the idea. Well, no, it was like it doesn't matter if you're a good person. It just matters <laughs> how like how many how much news do you report? So I think we're we're gonna like you know the All Star game change it up because they had like Zaza Pachula starting at center. Uh I think we're gonna do like my me, Justin, and Danny each get twenty five percent of the vote, and then then mm. the listeners get it, the other twenty. Yeah, so it's kind of like the the fan voting uh, is like a small percentage, but it's still yeah. part of the thing. Yeah, got it. Yeah. And I just don't want it. I don't want it to alternate uh, every like two, three years or whatever. <laughs> um, first things first. Did Jalen Hyatt beat Sauce Gardner in the preseason? <laughs> I forgot about that. I was, I was thinking, I, I was thinking more about the Jihad Ward drama side of things, and how we're not going to get a repeat of that because Rogers isn't playing. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think he beat him in the preseason. I'm sure they both remember that moment, uh, and it's going to be. They're going to be talking a lot of trash, I think, on Sunday. Sauce talks a lot of trash, so. Yeah, I'm just hoping you guys, like, leave him on an island for, or not you guys, the Jets, for, like, three plays. Because the Commanders did that for, like, the Giants have basically gotten to, like, if there's any time they don't have the safety at the top, we are throwing the ball to you deep. But he's fast enough where he gets that. But anyways, but to the to the actual game, um, it starts with Zach Wilson, right? And. Like you, you'd expect the Giants to blitz him a ton the way they did Sam Howell. How has he been this season, and like, how do you expect him to fare versus a, a blitzing Giants defense? Yeah, I am, I am concerned about the blitzing because I think he has struggled with pressure, um, and especially when it's like exotic looks that Wink will probably throw at him. I imagine um, he's been better this year. I, I still think like it was a very low bar to jump up to jump over. Like he was maybe the worst quarterback in the first two years of his career ever. Sorry for all the noise that's going on outside my apartment right now. I don't know if you can hear that, but uh, um, yeah, you know, I, I think that I have concerns, but you know, the, the biggest progress he's made is that he, he doesn't, you know, make dumbfounding mistakes like he used to. Um, he He's still like missing some wide open guys, like not seeing that they're open. Uh, and sometimes his decision-making isn't great, but when they get him out of the pocket, they get play action going. When the running game's working, that's when he's at his best, when he's throwing the ball quickly. And if they do that, I feel good about it. But if the if the Giants get to him early, I think it's going to be a tough day for him. Yeah, because it's... Again, I, I'm actually going to start my watching film of him for the pod be, right after this. 
So I'm interested to see exactly how he looks because, like you said, the bar was so low for him after last year. So it's like I don't want to hear improvement. I want to see like is he like a, is he like the, is he even like the 32nd best quarterback in the NFL? So like if if there's something that he is doing well, what do you think that is? Um, you know, I I think the biggest thing he's he's doing well is not making the back breaking mistakes. Like I that's kind of like the bar that they have for him because they. The Jets are so scared that he's this kind of like when Joe with Joe Judge and Daniel Jones when they were here, they were so scared of him making mistakes that they wouldn't even let him have the opportunity to make mistakes. So they've run a very conservative offense where they lean on the run. A lot of they've had a lot of trouble in the red zone because when they get there, they go run, run, pass every time, and everybody knows it's coming. Uh, because I think they're scared they they just want to get points and they're scared of Zach like turning the ball over. I I would hope coming out of the bye, they play with a little more confidence. Um, they do have some questions on the O-line and a receiver and stuff like that, but you know, they have talent on offense. So I, you know, I, I think what he's done well is, you know, when, when they, like I said, when they get him on the move, when he's getting rid of the ball quickly is when he's at his best. Um, and when he's holding on to the ball too long or he's getting pressured is when he's struggling. So I, I, I think it's pretty clear what they need to do. It's just, you know, Hackett's been inconsistent with his play calling. So. How has the, has like the O-line stabilized at all? I know there was like issues early, but Becton seems to have kind of come into his own, like, how how has how is that like that you that unit looking going into off the bye week? You know, it, it seems like every time they they feel like they're about to get into a little bit of groove that somebody gets hurt. It's kind of been the issue. So you know, they lose Elijah Bear Tucker, who's their best offensive lineman. They reshuffle things, move Makai Becton out to left tackle, plug Joe Titman into right guard. Um, and Joe Titman was looking like you know, if not their best offensive lineman, he he was like really becoming like a an impressive part of this group. I don't think he was really giving up any pressure. And then he heard his, uh, I believe it was his thigh last week or quad or two weeks ago. And it saw his initial reaction was that it was going to be long-term. And now he's kind of playing the, I don't know game, but I imagine he's not going to play this week at the least. So, you know, that means they throw in West Schweitzer, who's kind of an uninspiring veteran guy. They're an injury away from being in trouble. Like the giants line has been, um, but it, it, it has been better. I think Makai's kind of stabilized a little bit. He, he, he can, he has wild swings where he has some amazing blocks and some, you know, big misses. Lakin Tomlinson's kind of solid as a veteran. Connor McGovern's inconsistent. Um, and then they have Max Mitchell on the right side right now, who's a young guy who's gone up and down. So it's, there's not, there's no like stars on that group right now, I would say, but I, I feel better about their line than I probably would the Giants without Andrew Thomas kind of thing. Yeah. It's basically without Andrew Thomas. I mean, you remember that stretch versus the, it was the Cowboys, the Rams. The, remember the Panthers game where they just they just rolled Daniel Jones out every single play. Um, it's gotten better the last couple of games though. Um, so on the defensive side, outside of Quinn and Williams, who is the guy on that front that the offenses are worrying about? Like I know they rotate a bunch of guys, but if there was like a the the second guy after Quinnen, who is who is that guy? Honestly, you know they have they have a few. I think JFM is probably their second best defensive lineman, but the one that I think that has wrecked the most havoc. Is a guy I've written a lot about is Bryce Huff. He's, you know, he, before this year he was purely a pass rush specialist. He's one of the most efficient pass rushers in the NFL. His get he has a faster get off than any defensive end in the NFL. And this year he's finally like breaking through and playing more on first and second down. And he's he's like been a game wrecker. He destroyed the Chiefs game. He was very good against the Eagles. Um, he's finally getting some sacks. And so he's a guy that you know he doesn't start, but when he comes in, he he moves so quickly that he throws offensive linemen off balance, and they wind up holding him or. He gets the quarterback and forces them to throw it away. Like he's he's just been kind of like a menace. And so I think he's he's the one that I, I think 
offenses are starting to take notice of. And I'm curious what the Giants do to try and stop him. Because the, the Giants do, you know, kind of what like the Eagles do. They 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 rotate those guys a lot and and they do it in a way that they have so much talent at defensive end and defensive tackle that they're constantly coming at you. So they come in waves. So you you know maybe you take out Jermaine Johnson and JFM, but you still have Bryce Huff and Carl Lawson and, and Michael Clemens. And on the interior you have Quentin Jefferson and and uh Al Woods and Solomon Thomas. Like these are all solid guys. So th- there's not like a bad player that they put out there on the defensive line. And so it's, that's why it's one of the deeper, more impressive groups, I think. And, the, and that, that's why, you know, they don't really blitz very often. They have more this season than in the past. Um, but generally they prefer to just let those guys win up front. And that generally works, especially when you have a good back end like they do. So the, the defense, it all starts the defensive line for them. But when they're not getting off their blocks, that's when the offense kind of feasts on them. Yeah, Huff is the one I worry about, like you said, because of that get-off, and that is what Evan Neal and Tyree Phillips, who played well in his first game back, but you also like he doesn't really have tackle foot speed. Um, those are the those are the two guys, or that Bryce Huff is the one I worry about, and then Quinn Williams is just a beast no matter who he's facing. Yeah. Um, do they run a lot of like stunts and games up front, or are they kind of just say hey, get in, rush your lane and and do it well? Yeah, it's more that they're they are they're more their whole thing is like all gas like they want they just want them going full speed ahead at all times i don't they don't do a lot of the the stunts and stuff like that i don't think um they do throw different looks at you they'll put guys on different sides of the line um they get creative on the back end especially when they were banged up a couple weeks ago uh but yeah it's mostly they just believe in their guys up front their ability to just win their their matchups and sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't um and and because of that you know they have more they have more people. They have more coverage guys in the back end. They can run a lot of nickel. They, their two linebackers have been studs this season. And so, w- when those guys are working up front, even when they're not necessarily getting sacks, if they're just like causing havoc, um, they have played played a lot of uh, mobile quarterbacks this year, and they have had some issues with that with those guys, uh, you know, finding the open lanes because they don't generally don't QB spy. Sometimes Bryce Huff will actually QB spy because he's so fast. Um, so that's why Tyrod and Jones are both interesting matchups because. They face like almost all mobile quarterbacks. It's kind of crazy, but um, that that's like one of the concerns. And whenever a quarterback has the ability to get rid of the ball quickly, and there's a good receiver that they can move, like you know they don't they don't move Sauce Gardner, they don't move DJ Reed. I know I'm probably jumping on other topics you had, but um, no, no, go. Yeah, like since they don't move those guys, a lot of times teams will attack the middle of the field. Like a guy like CD Lamb was able to feast because they never like move Sauce over on him, and that was kind of the way the Cowboys could be. It's like death by a thousand cuts. They'd rather you get a bunch of small plays instead of like big plays. And, and if you have a receiver to that, or a, a guy like Darren Waller um, can really feast on them if they're not getting pressure is what I would say. Yeah. This feels like a, if the giants are able to get anything going off, it has to be a Darren Waller game for defense so that like I go into it and I'm like, man, this is like you said, that front four is, is nasty. They get a ton of pressure and they don't blitz. Um, you have the, the back end and you, you like, you've got, it's very well respected and you got guys. Why are they average to below average and like your counting stats, right? Like they're 11th in scoring, 15th in passing, 25th in rushing, not many sacks. They, besides essentially everything but interceptions. And I guess 11th for scoring is good. Like what, what, why is that? They, the first quarter has been like the, de- the death of them this season. They've started almost every game slow. And like, if you remove the first quarter, I imagine they would rank pretty highly. Most other than sacks, I think they haven't gotten enough sacks generally. But um, yeah, and I don't, what, for whatever reason, when they come out in the first quarter, their tackling is poor. Um, they're giving up big plays. Uh, they make mistakes on the back end. There's a communication issue here, uh, a penalty there, roughing the passer. I feel like 
they get called. Um, I mean, I only watch the Jets, but it feels like they get called for like the the difference between the amount of roughing the pass or penalties they get called for and that they don't get against them is like kind of wild to me because it seems like they never get one in their favor. But um, yeah, it's always the first quarter for whatever reason. And the, I mean, I think ultimately when a team struggles in the first quarter, that's a coaching thing because that means either your script isn't working or for whatever reason you can get those guys ready. But second half that they're like a dominant, dominant second half defensive team. Um, and that's why when you look up, like a lot of these games, it starts out, you know, I'm watching it. I'm feeling like the defense is struggling. I'm like, all right, if the defense is going to struggle this much, they're screwed. Then you look up at the end of the game, they still gave up 20 or less points. The, the, the opposing quarterback has 200 passing yards. The running game hasn't really done much. And the it, a lot of times just because the Jets offense isn't scoring enough. And so the, the Jets defense, you know, maybe they don't get the sacks that they should, or maybe they're not, you know, like you said, on the counting stats aren't looking as amazing, but I just think they're a solid, talented group without a lot of holes. Um, they're forcing turnovers, which they didn't last year. Uh, they're they're pretty healthy right now. They haven't really had any major injuries. On I mean, they had Sauce and DJ miss the last game, but I think they'll be back. So, um, yeah, I, I just think that's the biggest thing. They start off very slow, and against good teams, it's hard to recover from that. Um, but I I I don't think I think they they should be better in the first quarter against this Giants team. If they're not, it's going to be pretty disappointing coming out of a bye. Well, Giants just scored their first first half touchdown of the season last uh last week versus the commander so i this is gonna be one of those ugly games i really i really feel like it right like and tyrod's like one of the better backup qbs in the nfl and he's played well but again you're facing this jets defense that is gonna be able to like i think they're gonna wreak havoc on this offensive line despite the fact that they've played a little better uh especially if andrew thomas doesn't play which is not looking at right looking like right now so this is gonna be this will be a MetLife Bowl to remember, where it might might be the opposite of the last one because the last one was DJ had four touchdowns. I think Darnold had like four in that game too. I think that's the game where Saquon had like twelve carries for one yard too. It was like a yeah, spot. and Jamal Adams pulled the like just stripped yeah, to the strip sack for the game. touchdown. Yeah. yeah, that was that was peak. Like is is Saquon injured or not? Uh, coming back <laughs> from the sprained ankle, right? Um, yeah, so that that game sticks out in my mind. Uh, last question is CJ Uzoma salty that I took his job doing a football podcast with Chris Rose. <laughs> I, I mean, I'll have to ask him about it. Yeah, I don't know. He's a uh, CJ, the character. I'm sure he maybe he knows about this. I don't know. Wait, do, do you have a podcast with Chris Rose? Yeah, we're trying to do more football coverage. And last year, they him and Rose did one, and it was basically just it wasn't even a football, it was basically just about CJ Uzoma's life. Oh right, I remember that because there, there was some there were some quotes on there where he talked about the Zach Wilson stuff last year that kind of like blew up. But I know I know CJ Uzama promised when he was on the Bengals that he would bathe in chili if they'd won the Super Bowl. So maybe you could steal that from him too and bathe in some chili. I think your I think your listeners would like that a lot. I don't think they would like that. But you're gonna give Justin ideas because he's he's like oh Justin that's awesome. Justin would he might already do that for all I know with Justin. You never know with that guy. Yeah yeah. Um... Anything you need me to relay to him? Just just tell him, just, you know, keep grinding, Penkin. You know, just keep doing your thing, Penkin. Just emphasize that's his name. And, nice. uh, yeah. I don't know. You guys you guys are crushing it. I, do, I, I still follow you guys, obviously. And, I like, I, like I, I, I sent a tweet uh, after the Eagles after the Eagles game. I was I was trolling Giants fans, to be honest. I just thought it was funny because the, the Giants were looking like a little bit of a mess because um, of that – that Bills game that they should have won, as you know, and and the Jets had won, and then I was leaving MetLife, and it was and it was the lighting was green, so I took a photo of it and I said good night from Jet Life, um, 
and Giants fans are not happy with me. So really, and, they weren't. Uh, the, see, that was the Justin, thing. It's like Justin replied to me, and I thought of that just now because Justin was one of the ones replied to me. He's like, "What the fuck is this?" When Rogers like, had the jet life thing, it was like, "Okay, we we all hate that stadium." Congrats on uh, yeah, exactly. like when when Aaron Rodgers got hurt because I I did the burn down MetLife after week one because it's like, <laughs> okay, we're back. So after as soon as like the minute Rogers got injured, I did a burn down jet life stadium tweet just because it's. We'll we'll finish with that. Yeah. I mean, an offseason, like they were the Jets were the number one story of the offseason. Yeah. Just give me like the press box, like thoughts, the five minutes of like all this anticipation. Dude runs out with the American flag. All the lights are going nuts. The whole nation. And then it's like, oh, no, it's over. It's over that he 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 didn't complete. He didn't have a single yard as a jet in his first season. It's uh, it was a wild experience. Like I, it almost it still doesn't even feel like it happened. I, you know, it was that it was like the loudest. I feel like I've heard MetLife like that beginning because there because of all the hype and all the excitement. Jets fans haven't had a lot to look forward to a lot of these years, and so it was, it was just like American flag, like all of it. It was like great vibes. Um, that happens, and I think both fans in the stadium and even in the press box were all like it's not as serious as we all kind of like in the back of our head know it is right. Like, cause you don't really know in the moment, like sometimes it's, it's not as bad as it looks like you see that a lot. Non-contact is always the scariest. Um, but you know, as, as it's coming down, you have some reporters who are down there watching him in the x-ray room and seeing how depressed he looks. And, and you have all the Twitter doctors, like, you know, declaring him out forever that he's dead or yeah, do you do you give those guys credence or not i hate them i don't anymore i've learned my lesson because they, they, they've been they're wrong way more than i think people realize and I, I i appreciate what those guys do and they do offer some insights sometimes but like making a diagnosis based off like grainy footage you see on your tv like it, it just like it angers me and reporters to me, it's, it, it's it's it, happened like, last year with, you're a doctor that, just go be a doctor we don't like <laughs> l- let the action the guys who are their doctors do. it drives yeah, me yeah. nuts yeah and, and then you had like, the zach wilson thing last year that's, that's what literally i was about to say like the zach wilson thing everybody declared a torn acl and even if the jets thought it was torn acls which maybe they did in the moment like nobody actually knew and then it clearly wasn't he was playing by week four so um yeah so i, I don't fall for that stuff and that, that's why i was like trying to like be patient and be like, all right, we got to wait to see what this is. And then as time went on, it became, and when Salah like basically came out and said it in post game and he's all depressed after, you know, this amazing win they had against the Bills. Like I said, I, I literally walked out of MetLife that day and I was like, it feels like the last six months didn't happen. Like the week before we had all, the beat, the beat had sat down around a table with Aaron Rodgers and he spoke for like 20 minutes about how he was living in a waking dream. And this, this whole quote that I tweeted out went viral because it was kind of insane. He's like, you know, a, I just think about how amazing it is when I drive through the Lincoln tunnel and, or whatever, and, and see the buildings in New York. And um, it was like, so over the top. And it's like, he's so happy. He's living in a dream. The jets are talking about themselves. Like the super bowl contenders again, way cocky before they probably should have. Um, they had a target on their back. And then he goes down four plays in and like, at, when you cover the jets or when you follow the jets or when you're a jets fan, you always assume the worst. I think there's a lot of fans in the back of the head. We're like, Aaron Rodgers is going to, probably tear his ACL at some point, but I don't think anybody would have thought it would have happened in that way that early. Like, no, literally like a... a, he had through one pass um, and it was incomplete. So it's just, it's still crazy to think about. And now we have to pretend like he's going to come back because he keeps talking about that, but. Oh my uh, God. Um, <laughs> do, you, do you have to watch McAfee's show with like pen and paper? I, 
not as much as I probably would have if he was playing because right now it's mostly just like him saying the same thing every week about how he's working really hard. Sometimes he'll after there was a bye this week, but like after a Jets game, he might throw in a comment about something they need to do better, and that's at least interesting and worth asking about on a presser. In my current job, I don't need to necessarily. I, I need to track it just to make sure he doesn't say anything, you know, whatever, you know, controversial about the Jets. I don't need to write about his opinions about you know vaccines and all that stuff. Luckily, but. Um, yeah, it's a it's a journey covering him even now still, but you know it's it's it was good for business. People when he when he when he got uh, traded to the Jets, there were a lot of people like in my life or generally like, oh man, that's going to be tough covering him because um, all like, I text you saying congrats, like you get all these clicks yeah. off. Of yeah, that's what I'm Rogers. saying. Like all I want is people to read my stuff and you know follow me and all that stuff. And he he's good for business for sure. Um, yeah. but you know. If if they win this Giants game, then there's kind of like some hope again. If they lose it, then everybody's going to be shitting on them again. So that's how it goes around here. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing better than for business than a new QB. And then when that QB is Aaron Rodgers, it's it's nuts. Yes. All right. We'll let you go. Obviously, everyone can find you on The Athletic. I know you did a piece with uh, Charlotte Carroll talking about the Giants and Jets. So people should go check that out if you're uh, – you guys are always running deals. So uh, I'm sure I'm sure if you're not subscribed now, you can, you can get in there for cheap uh appreciate you as always man we will see uh maybe we'll maybe we'll get some joint uh joint practice stuff uh next year and we'll we'll do something what, what was it you used to say at the end of our interviews and that's an interview that's, that's an interview that's an All interview right, there we go we can end on that note <laughs> alright that's an interview <laughs> hey Shirley man I hope I never get back in there I will kick your <laughs> hey baby let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs have some fun today's episode is sponsored by SeatGeek I almost did a yelling like I did a few years ago but didn't do it. If you don't know what SeatGeek is, they're a ticketing app that makes buying tickets super simple. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app. There are more than 70,000 events every single day on SeatGeek, including sports, concerts, festivals, and more. That's how I got my Giants tickets last week. Shout out. They always want to make sure that you're getting a good deal. So when you're on the app, look for the green dots, baby. We're going for the green. Green means good. Red means bad. Like the commander's Every ticket is backed by their buyer guarantee, and SeatGeek is the only site that lets you return your tickets ahead of the event with swaps. SeatGeek really is the best. The swaps thing is just like it's a game changer for the world. We got the hookup. Use code GIANTS for $20 off your first purchase at SeatGeek. That's $20 off your first purchase with promo code GIANTS. Click the link in the description to download the app. You'll be glad you did. Thank you, Zach Rosenblatt, for joining the show. We now welcome on Danny King for weather and trivia danny what's the weather looking like for metlife or jetlife stadium this week i will never refer to as that justice said it's gonna be nice unfortunately i I got i got a wee bit of some bad news there's a chance of rain throughout the entire game actually nope not like not like dallas cowboys rain but like showers you know what i'm saying just just all throughout the game they're doing what you're saying for some rain uh 59 degrees uh sorry 58 degrees at kickoff it'll raise carl banks's number Carl Banks' number is that a sign, but yeah, rain throughout the game. Only eight mile per hour wins, so not too bad. Gust of 13, though, so a little bad. But yeah, just a chance of rain throughout the entire game. You'll survive, though. You will survive. The Jets will not survive. We will kill them. What do we got for trivia this week? Giants-Jets trivia. I'm excited for this week. I know. Uh, First off, just simple. Uh, Do you guys know the exact uh, series record between the two teams? So they first played in 1970, and obviously, uh, do you just got like a a record prediction for the two teams? So that's that's 52 years. How many times have they played? 52 divided by 4 is 13. 
I'm going to say the Giants are seven and six. They're actually fourteen games. Sorry, fourteen. Okay, games. I'm going to say the Giants are eight and six. Justin, you got a record? Fourteen games. Yeah, fourteen games. Fourteen games. I say the Giants are. Um, I think it's seven and seven. Bobby's right. They are eight and six. Oh, uh, they are eight and six. The Jets obviously won the last. They won the last two games. So kind of mm-hmm. Ryan Fitzpatrick game. I would end of that game. I would like to fix that. But then my big trivia question of the week: uh, a total of four Giants players have earned two sacks in a single game against the Jets. So these four players have had two sacks in a game against the Jets. One game. Can you name them? I'm going to say Strahan, Strahan, Strahan for the the sheer volume of sacks and length of career has to be one. So what, how many do we need to, to name? Four. All four? Strahan? OC. Yeah, let's, the, me and Justin will be a team on this one. So Strahan, OC. I'm going to say Dave Tollison. I know he had one. No. But he had six sacks that year, Justin. Do you think both of them came in the same game? No, I think he had three versus Washington. Because there's one bunch game in that year. So I'm, I'm not going to say tall. How about Lawrence Taylor? Let's do Lawrence Taylor. He's He should Let's be good for Lawrence a couple. Let's do Lawrence Taylor. What's the fourth? Jesse Armstead. Yeah, let's do Jesse Armstead. Let's just go. Let's go. Let's go big. Well, you guys got one. Yep. And that that was Strahan, obviously. Easy nice. guess. Uh, one I didn't expect y'all to get was Leonard Marshall. Oh. did it in 1984 and 1988. I'm surprised you guys did not guess Jason Pierre-Paul because he did that 2011. And the final one, which kind of shocked me, was Robert Ayers. Week 13. Is this Doug Analytics scumbag looking them up? Because he said Leonard Marshall and Robert Ayers in the Robert chat. Robert Ayers just keeps on creeping up on he us keeps, the last couple weeks in trivia. He always does. And I, but, hey, that's what Doug people forget does. About the, people forget on that really bad defense. He led that 2015 team in sacks. And the Giants didn't bring him back. I was and, hoping for some 2019 trivia, Danny. Well, I, I did. I had 2019 trivia, but then you kind of said it in the first half of the show and oh, talked about no. the two wide receivers that scored. I know oh, it was okay. simple, but I was like, maybe maybe they would have guessed Slated and, and Golden Tate. No, Bobby would. You know what was funny about the so a tailgate story from last week? Jolly had a 2019 Giants question, so we called Bobby over. And he's like, oh, I don't really want to come over. And then he and then he comes over. I never I wanted to come over. I wanted to come over. You, you you were walking with the with the pace. I was like, oh shit. Here we go. Um, so you were coming over, and then once Jolly asked the question and you got it, then you kept grabbing the microphone from him because you remembered another fact, another fact, another fun <laughs> fact from 2019, another fun fact from you just kept grabbing the microphone, and it was very funny. Stumps the swab. Stump the 2019 swab is what they call me. Uh, before we get into fantasy, I have an announcement. Oh, it's been. Because it's both you guys on the show. This is the last preview pod from this office. Whoa. Oh, you have a new place. Uh, not yet, but the new oh. place is I have an extra room and I'm turning that into an Ooh. office. So by this time next week, I think next week's preview pod will be the first pod in the new office. So I'm actually going to get like the bookshelf look. Not with really books, but I'll have like die cast helmets. Um, I want to get a frame picture of Kenny Galladay catching the touchdown over Darius Slay. Yep. Stuff like that. So I'm going to turn it into like a man cave slash office. So I'll get a couch in there. I get my desk in there. Hey, frame Nick, uh, Nick Gates fighting Aaron Donald. Yeah. Get we'll we'll like really turn it into. A, it's hard to make a one you know a bedroom into a man cave, but I'm going to do my best. Is that right? going to turn the Giants franchise around? New office for Bobby. 
I mean, I've been in here for, I've been in uh, this, I mean, I still will have this address, right? Because, like, you know, I will use this, right? Because my brother shares this office, too. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna start recording from there, so. Congrats. So, that's, uh, that's big news. I'm excited for it. All right, let's, uh, let's do trivia. And we'll I'm not going to have this in the background anymore, either. What? what? It's just not going to fit. Like that's it won't be. It, it's just. It really doesn't fit right here, anyways. But it's a staple of the show. That's so I'll, I'll figure something out to do with it. Maybe I'll bring it to the New York office in uh, next weekend and do something with it. Oh, New York office for Bobby next week. Fantasy. I am picking first this week. After a fifty point nine point outing, I am in second, but I'm only back after behind Danny King, who's picking second by 1.2 points, 1.2 points. So really whoever does better this week, me or Danny is leading unless Justin, who's in third, but is still very close, uh, is 24.6 points back. He'll be picking third this week. So fantasy, we are almost halfway through and it's still very close. This is any, I mean, this, the lead could change. Anyone could have the lead after this game and it wouldn't be a wild thing. So I'm picking first, And I actually wrote down Garrett Wilson, but I'm changing. Ooh. I'm having I'm having a little bit of hope, and I don't think this guy scores a touchdown, and I don't think he's going to have enough big plays that I'm actually going to go Saquon Barkley. Ugh. I'm going to go Saquon Barkley 1-1. I think the Giants do win this game. I think he's going to get a ton of volume. He'd be using the receiving game. Like I'm going I'm going a little safe with my first pick, but it's also it's also you know could be a you know, I'm going I'm going high high ceiling low floor with this where Garrett Wilson's high ceiling or high ceiling high floor Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall I think are high ceiling low floor so I'm taking Saquon Barkley first Danny what is your second pick oh man this this is a tough week this is a tough week and I think I'm gonna read the stats a little too much Jets rank 32nd in points to tight ends this year does that mean I'm going Darren Waller? It is. It means I am going Darren Waller. Wow. Uh, Darren Waller's been kind of kind of turning it on a little bit lately. Had a good game with Tyrod last week, and the Jets just give up points to tight ends. I think this could be another big Darren Waller game here. So I'm saying give me Darren Waller. Second most tight end receiving yards in the NFL to Travis Kelsey. Yeah, this could be a Waller game. I'm surprised no Jets go here, though. All right, Justin, uh, who are the two Jets you're going to pick? Darren Waller does have more catches than Garrett Wilson. Um, and because... Because there's a principle here. We take Giants before we take Jets. Guess You're not what? taking two Jets here? Garrett Wilson will not be the first pick. The first pick. <laughs> Wondell Robinson will be. Whoa! Wow, that is ballsy. That's very ballsy. I mean, Wondell Robinson has more catches than anybody on the Jets that's not named Garrett Wilson. So... Um, I am going to go Wando Robinson, and then I will, on the come around, be taking Garrett Wilson. I I, I was going to follow taking Wandale on, on my second pick. I'm I'm shocked by that. I'll save some comments. Danny, who do you got? Uh, I mean, well, I'm just going to have to go Brees Hall. Yeah, I I, I can't believe you did, you took Wandale over Brees Hall. Justin. Oh wait, I just I just forgot that I didn't know Brees Hall was available. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm taking. That's why I said, go ahead, take your two Jets players, Justin, and I was very. Oh, hey, I, I really, I really fumbled the bag on that one. Uh, hey, hey, you know, you stuck with the, with the the morals, and I respect it. To be fair, you're a better man. This than is me hurting me, dude, because I want to beat Danny this week, and now he has Darren Waller and Brees Hall. I was like, I, I was like, at least Danny won't have the back to back third and fourth pick. 
And I really well, just now, really I really fumbled that. <laughs> yeah, I mean that might be the worst pick of the year. Like I, I'm going to remember this, and if you lose by a certain amount of points, I'm going to go and see how much, how many po- more points did Brees Hall have than Wandale Robinson in the Giants Jets game? And I hope to God you lose the championship by that amount. That's really bad. We're going to remember this. Remember this, people. Or what if I'm right? <laughs> I'm actually going to put that in the notes of the yes. of the stats. I mean, at the end of the day, it will be funny. If Look Justin back is, at Jets. If Justin Wandale just laughed at us after Wandale Robinson just has the breakout game of his career against the Jets. I mean, I hope so. I'll, I mean, I'm I hope hoping. he's right. I'm hoping I get proven to look like a fool. I hope Reese Hall does nothing. I mean, you wouldn't be a fool even if he does do nothing. That's just the smart I mean, pick. really, right. I would I would have preferred to take Brees Hall over Garrett Wilson. That, that, see, that's what I thought. I thought he would take a Brees Hall over Garrett Wilson. Or both did, of them. Didn't even know that he was available. Um, I mean, I <laughs> thought about taking those guys 1-1, both of them. This sucks. Because <laughs> there's no one you can trust, right? Like, you're like, oh, Slayton. Well, he's facing Sauce Gardner, right? He could be totally shut down this week. I know people are excited for Jalen Hyatt. I do not see this being a Jalen Hyatt game unless they start involving him in the regular passing game and not just deep passing. So I'm going to... I'm going to go Tyler Conklin. He's second on the Jets in receiving. And I really am torn between Alan Lazard and Darius Slayton, right? Because obviously Darius Slayton's a better player, but Lazard... You know, I'm just going to, when in doubt, stick to the big board. I will go Darius Slayton. Hey, he had two touchdowns the last time he played the Jets. I think that might be his highest fantasy point total of his career, so I'm going to go Darius Slayton. Danny, your uh, third pick. Here's the problem. I mean, Alan Lazard has also done nothing with Zach Wilson. I mean, like... Yeah, but he at least gets targets. 15, I mean, he had one last week, three the previous week. Oh, man. It's a bad week after the first five picks. Yeah, this is a, this is a miserable week. I, I, I'm I not, I, I don't think I can take Jalen Hyatt. Not Jalen Hyatt. Oh, I just gave away my pick. I don't think I can take Al Lazard. So I'm going to go Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, I just don't see this being a Jalen Hyatt game, to be honest. I, I mean, like, it, if I they mean, were like, able to get the ball deep to Jalen oh, yeah. Hyatt versus this defense, then like, Bless. Good on you, Tyrod Taylor and Brian Dable. Like that's very impressive. It, it's it's solely that they have a connection is what's drawn me to Jalen Hyatt because every time Jalen Hyatt has gotten the ball deep, you not honk. Uh, that's the it's gone to Jalen Hyatt. So that's why I'm taking Jalen Hyatt. I'm currently looking up if this was Darius Slayton's highest PPR game in his career. The only one that I could think would be pit different. Yeah, this is this would this would be that the Jets game was there's doesn't make any difference. The entire team's different. All right, Justin, you have back to back picks. Uh, Tyler Conklin still available? No, no, I took him. Damn it. Uh, I'll take uh, shit. It's not looking fun. I feel like Isaiah Hodgins is just a waste of a pick. <laughs> I know, which is crazy. Such a, he's not starting anymore. Um, so I'll take uh, Al Lazard, and I—I I guess I'll take. There's like nobody to pick. I mean, I guess I'll take Dalvin Cook. That's who. That was who was next on my big board. So yeah. I guess good pick. Why'd you do that, Justin? All right, Danny. Who do you got? Uh, y- y- yeah. I. I mean. 
like Justice said, he feels like he's a waste of a pick, and especially against this Jets defense. But I mean, like looking at the Jets roster, who else is going to get targets? I mean, Randall Cobb is only there because Aaron Rodgers was there. He's no longer on the team. Randall Cobb Xavier, has like three catches all year long. Xavier Gibson's more special teams than anything. Michael Carter, if they, if they give it to Dalvin Cook, they give it to Michael Carter, I feel like. Unless I'm tripping. I mean, I guess I'm going to have to take Isaiah Hodges because I just truly don't know who else to take. Yeah. I was thinking about going Jeremy Ruckert because this could be like a, you know, a game for him. I was thinking about going CJ Uzoma because I stole his job. <laughs> Speak. My relationship with tight ends in the NFL is a very complicated. I stole CJ Uzoma's job. I punched Dallas Scott in the face. Dallas South Dakota. Scott in the face. Any other, like, I just, you know. Like, if I ever get, like, go to tight end you for media, it's going to be very, very complicated. Very different reactions depending on who you talk to. Yeah. Caden Smith, you love. You know what I had a moment? Caden, I, I think he's on the commander. I had a moment of, like, what if, like, Dallas Goddard signed to the Giants in free agency? I don't even want to know. That would be amazing. Awesome. It'd be very weird. All right, I'm going to take uh, Michael Carter, though, hoping he gets a few catches um, out of the backfield. They do use him like that, so I'm going to go Michael Carter, Duke gang, even though he's UNC Duke? gang, but the oh. other the other Michael Carter's Duke gang. All right, so to recap, myself in second uh, by 1.2 points has Saquon, Tyler Conklin, Darius Slate, and Michael Carter. Danny in first has Darren Waller and Brees Hall. Thanks, Justin. Jalen Hyde and Isaiah Hodgins, and then Justin has Wandell Robinson, Garrett Wilson, and Alan Lazard, and Dalvin Cook. All right, it's time for Giant Factors of the Week. I'm up first, and you know what? I think this is a great test for this young man and we're gonna cave on Thibodeau you want to be a guy oh he's actually good he's he's improving Mackay Becton and Max Mitchell are two tackles that you should beat then Mackay Becton's a solid tackle but he has his issues you should beat him Max Mitchell is a swing tackle in the NFL you should pick him you should beat him then you have the whole radio drama this week you, you know he sees that you know he hears that let that shit fire you up. I know he probably listened to our mailbag segment that we put out on social media. Like, Kayvon sees that type of stuff. Go out, channel all that shit, and shut everyone up. Shut everyone up. Shut up Sal Licata. Shut up Brandon Tierney. Shut up me. Shut up everyone. Shut up the whole damn world. Because you should win this matchup. And that could be the difference between winning and losing. As you, Kayvon Thibodeau, and how well you play. If you have a game where you get shut out, it's going to be a lot easier for Zach Wilson. You have a game where you're getting around the corner and Dex and Leo are eating in the middle, then this could be a game where the Giants' defense uh, as, as just continues this strong role. So, Kayvon Thibodeau, you are my Giant Factor. Danny, who is your Giant Factor this week? I almost went Leonard Williams to buy into the revenge game, but obviously we already know we need Leonard Williams to go have a big game. And I, I decided this week I'm going to go with Deontay Banks. I mean, Deontay Banks, first year, uh, I mean, he's been put into the spotlight day one. Giants believe in this kid, and he's he's been kind of balling. And this is another interesting week. We saw that nice interception he had against Sam Howell. This is another week where I feel like Wink and company, whenever Zach Wilson does decide the throw the football that they're going to want to make him think. And when you make Zach Wilson think that's when Zach Wilson is most vulnerable, he's most vulnerable at any other point in the game. But when he's thinking too much, I feel like that's also when they can catch Zach Wilson. So first interception last week, I think, I think Deontay Banks to get a second interception if the jets are forced to pass the football. So Deontay Banks go out there, be a giant tractor, get another pick, 
the tribute to Zach Wilson being a failure of a quarterback because Jets fans think he's the answer now all of a sudden. I mean, I respect delusional fans. I'm a delusional Mets fan, so I understand with that mindset. But the Jets, Zach Wilson's not good, and Deontay Banks could easily take advantage of Zach Wilson. So Deontay Banks, you'll get a pick, and you're also a giant factor. Justin, who is your giant factor? Everybody's talking about defense, and defense is going to be the reason why the Giants win this game if they do win this game. But the offense needs to stay on schedule. The offense is probably going to have to run a lot of plays if they're going to score even a little bit of points this game. A guy that I would like to help keep the Giants offense on schedule is Wondell Robinson. Wondell Robinson emerging, emerging starting slot wide receiver running away with the job. Goodbye, Paris Campbell. Barely has a first down on the year. Wondell Robinson looking pretty good and even like probably like a year ahead of schedule in terms of coming off the ACL. Um, had the nice yak play last week. I want to see the offense rely on Wandell Robinson a little bit more as the year goes on. And hey, even against the tough defense, let's see it. Maybe not so much the yak. I would love some yak plays, but show how you could be a little bit of a crafty route runner. I want to start getting some like Cole Beasley comps and hype for Wandell Robinson after this game as like a chain mover on third downs. Jets defense can be had on third down. Wandell Robinson, you are a giant factor. My giant factor. Really trying to save that fantasy pick. Uh, also, someone did say in the <laughs> chat, if I didn't care about winning, I would have picked Deion Jackson. Do you guys know how excited I was when the Giants signed Deion Jackson? All of my Duke Daniel Jones references. I literally had a Daniel Jones, the Deion Jackson highlight film from that draft class, and I got to tweet that out because the guy's on the Giants. Very big moment. Actually, we talked about that on the mailbag pod, didn't we, Justin? We did. Okay, so you can see how excited I am that I wanted to talk about it twice. <laughs> All right, it's time for spread picks. Danny, before we get into the spread picks, who are they brought to us by? Which, I mean, by the way, you need to stick through this ad to hear something, people. Even if you just listen for two minutes after the ad and cut the show off, you got to listen. Well, you should listen to me, but you should listen about DraftKings because we're back with another week of football, and DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in on the NFL action. With great offers every single game day, new customers can bet $5 to get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw five down on any of this week's epic matchups to walk away with an, an instant winner and DraftKings isn't stopping there all customers could take advantage of two new offers every game day this October so I want you right now to go pick up your phone because football is more fun when you're in on the action. The only way to do that is to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up with code world new customers can bet just five dollars to get two hundred dollars instantly in bonus bets, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports bet partner of the NFL with code WORLD. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort Licensee Partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario see sportsbook.draftcase.com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gambling resources bonus best expires seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply you will be glad you did and I do not want to continue this segment shut I was up alright so standings for spread picks <laughs> 
listeners who are still in first place had a bad week last week. They went three and five. Twenty, they're twenty nine and twenty five total. But they didn't have the worst week. Justin, Justin went two and six last week. Bad week, bad week. But he, so he's he's in third place. Went two and six. He had a bad week, but he didn't have the worst week. Bobby, myself, went one and seven last week. One and seven. I'm in last place. Like I'm starting to get really worried that my streak of every year being over five hundred and spread picks is over. I am at twenty two and thirty two. You're worried. But I did. Did he have the worst week? No, he didn't. Danny King went zero and eight last week. The first ever zero and eight in our spread pick history uh, uh, from history. one of us. Wow. But he still is in second place because we all sucked last week. But Danny King dropped an zero and eight. Is at twenty four and thirty. Oh, I gained Danny- the game on everybody. Let's go. You gained two on Danny. Yeah, you gained two on me. Uh, you didn't gain was, on the listeners though, who are in first place, and I'm actually worried that the listeners do beat us this year. I I, I was I had to double check this email because I thought you were like lying when you said I was zero and eight. I thought that was like a prank on me. And I, I hate to be so self centered because Danny, you should be the star of this. You went zero and eight, but last week is the, the the week that I felt the most confident in my picks going into the week, and I just went one and seven. And I'm glad I'm. I'm I'm now 10 games under 500 to now it's like it's a a huge uphill climb to get back to over 500 for the year. Like it's not like before that it was very reasonable for me to get to over 500. Now it is it would be it would take some great great weeks in a row to do it. I'm happy I'm not the star of this segment. That's the most embarrassing thing I've ever done in my oh, life. Oh, you are. You are the star of this segment. Hey, what, do you mean? Hey, what do you mean you're not the star of the segment? You wore sunglasses for like two years. No, but well, I have. Hey, you I, need I, the sunglasses back. I do. I threw those pairs out because I got a new pair. But I'll make it an announcement you this sh- week. You got Shady Rays. I do. I do. I got an announcement this week. Shout out Shady Rays. I'm going over 500 this week. Guaranteed. Guaranteed over 500 week. You need the sunglasses to guarantee anything. All right. We have Thursday Night Football. Bucks at Bills minus nine. The listeners represented by Edward Schaaf are going Bucks plus nine. I'm agreeing with them. I think I'm just going to take any type of big spread. I'm taking. I'm taking the underdog on Thursday night football going forward. Uh, so I'm. I'm going to go Bucks plus nine. I think that defense, um, even though Vita Veo may not go, I think they'll be able to do enough to. This Bills offense has been a little wonky. Bills defense has not been near, nowhere near as good since uh, Matt Milano and Tre'Davious White went out. So I'm going to go Bucks plus nine. Justin, what do you got? I'm going to go Bills. I think the Bills offense has still been efficient the last two weeks, even though they could have easily been 0-2 over the last two weeks. And I think Baker made some really head-scratching throws this past week, too. So give me the Bucks. I do think that they're going to cover. The the Bills or the Bucks? Uh, excuse me. The, the similar names. The Bills. Danny, who do you got? Uh, I'm going to be going the box as well because obviously the Bills are probably going to win, but the Bills lost to the Patriots last week, almost lost to the Giants at home. The Bills just don't look good right now. They're just not that team that you, you look at you're like, oh, I'm scared of them. I'm, no one is right now, so that's why I'm taking the Bucks to at least cover. So this, I said last week, like this, Dan, Justin could be tied with you, uh, Danny, depending on this, or he could be tied with me, depending on this. So need 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 to win Thursday night football. We got Rams at Cowboys minus six. The listeners are going Rams plus six. Justin, what do you got in this one? I am going with Rams. Rams are going to cover. I agree with you. I I just I'm feeling I'm feeling the underdogs this week. Danny, it's what do you big got? Spread. It is it is a pretty decent size spread. Now that I'm looking at it. 
Um, man, this is a tough one. This is a tough one, but I think at the end of the day, I'm gonna take the Cowboys to win this week. I think they're just um I mean the Rams are so a good team, but I just think the Cowboys could easily cover this spread. I think the Rams could win the game. I mean, forget cover. I think they could win. Yeah, I'm not confident in anything I say. <laughs> Jags at Steelers plus two and a half. I, I think that Steelers, the Steelers were the team before the season. I was like, I like them. And then after week one, I jumped off. And now I'm kind of getting back on them. Uh, so I think I think they're going to cause some havoc. TJ Watt and them boys. Uh, I'm going to go Steelers plus two and a half versus the, Jag, the Jags in Pittsburgh. Did you see Trevor Lawrence like say like the little those little yellow towels? And he actually said it in a respectful way, but he just got taken out out of context and Steelers fans are mad about it. But it's it's kind of a great insult. Like, oh, your little yellow towels, that's cute. Very scary. <laughs> um, like if I was a Ravens or a Browns fan, I would just be like that would be very actually it must be fun to be in the AFC North. One of those rivals are all good, but shitting on the Steelers would be fun because of like all the history they have and just belittling it. Steelers plus two and a half. Listeners are going Jags. Danny, who do you got? Uh, I've been told uh, Mike Tomlin as an underdog is always scary, and the Steelers are home dogs. I think the Steelers are going to cover this week. I think I can even think after that comment, the Steelers can win this game. I mean, I know I'm relying on Matt Canada to be a halfway decent offensive coordinator. That's a mistake on my part, but I still think the Steelers can cover this game. But you're not even relying. They're four and two this year, and they've been horrible on offense. Justin, who do you got? Jags. That's it. That's it. Defense defense is better than people think, and Steelers defense isn't isn't as good as people think, even though they are good. Four and two. Vikings at Packers plus one. I think this is the easiest pick of the week. I'm going Vikings minus one. I mean, the, they're just a better team, and they have the better quarterback, and Brian Flores is starting to heat up a little bit, and I think he's going to make uh, Jordan Love's life hell. I'm going Vikings minus one. What do you got, Justin? This was my uh, pick in the John Boy Media Against the Spread League. Even though I had like the last pick of the week, I think this is also one of the easier picks of the week. Vikings minus one. Daniel? I'm also going uh, Vikings. Like for all the reasons you said, Vikings are getting hawk, and they're just the overall better team. Did the, the listeners place, pick the Packers? Yeah, the first place listeners took the Packers. So yep, this is, well, there this, you go. They're going to win. This is a big week. This is a big game for us, people. Falcons at Titans plus two and a half. What do you have in this one, Danny? Man, man, oh man. Will Levis' is... first start. Yeah, that's ugh, just just a, just a meh game. I'm going to go Falcons, honestly. You know, I don't like Desmond. I thought I said I would never take a Desmond Ritter team, but uh, I, I would take a Desmond Ritter team over, over whoever started for the Titans. And their defense is just a phenomenal. And they could easily just destroy this Vikings. And Vikings, Titans day. Falcons were my uh, only win last week, so I'm going to stick with them and be loyal. And I and Arthur, what do you guys think of Arthur Smith? I've always think like the sarcastic asshole media like coach isn't that funny, but for some reason like the local media loves it because it's like oh he the a head coach makes jokes with us, um, so they end up defending him, and then the national media is like this guy's kind of a dick. What do you guys think of Arthur Smith? I don't really mind it. Uh... I mean, they are being investigated. For what? Because they didn't put B. John Robinson on the injury report. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, I don't mind it. You know, I sometimes find it funny. Um, so everyone's going Falcons but you, Justin? No, I'm going Falcons. Okay. 
Tried to bait you into that. Nope. Saints at Colts plus one. Saints let me down last week. I'm going Colts plus one. They put up. They hear the only team that put up points on the. Uh, I mean, I guess the Ravens did, but I'm going to go Colts plus one. Justin, what do you got? NFL's a back and forth league, and I think the Colts scored a lot of points last week. I don't think they're going to score a lot of points this week. And Saints lost a close game. Saints minus one. This is basically a pick 'em. So, Danny. Uh, I'm going to go to Colts. Why not? Colts. Uh, I think they can just outright win this game. Plus the Saints. Well, I guess like you said, it doesn't matter since it's a pick 'em, but the Saints suck against the spread. Listeners are going Colts as well. Browns at Seahawks minus four. What do you have in this one, Danny? Right, Seahawks. Uh, they got the nice retro jerseys coming back. Uh, Browns, God knows who's leading them this week. You know they had a great week last week. Uh, Browns offense is just shambles. Defense is still good, but this is the game for the Seahawks. Listeners are going Seahawks as well. What about you, Justin? I, I'm i going Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are like my sneaky second-half team. Like, look out for them and see what they can do. I was sneezing. I'm going to go um, – you said Seahawks. Yes, I did say Seahawks. I'm going to go Browns. I love the Browns, even though they let me down last week, even though they ended up winning. I'm going to go Browns. And then Bengals at 49ers minus three and a half. This is not as an exciting matchup as it probably would have looked before the season. Looks like Brock Purdy's not going to play, but I'm still going to go 49ers minus three and a half. I just think they're way more talented. And the Bengals, like the Giants, offensive line is really bad, and they're forced to get the ball out quick. And we saw what the 49ers were able to do versus that. I'm going 49ers minus three and a half. The listeners are going that as well. Danny, what do you got in that one? And I mean, like in terms of backup quarterbacks, if you had to have someone, I mean, Sam Darnold's probably not a terrible choice. I feel like Kyle Shanahan could get the good things out of Sam Darnold. Uh, I also agree. I think the Niners win a uh, cover and also their defenses will easily help them stay in this game. Justin. Bengals could lose by three and I win. So um, give me the Bengals plus three and a half. I would hate myself if I picked the 49ers and Joe Burrow versus uh, uh, Sam Darnold and then uh, Joe Burrow wins. I would hate myself if I picked the 49ers over over Joe Burrow. So It'll be good to Bengals. see the Bengals on prime time because I feel like they've kind of not been on prime time and it's people haven't seen what they're like this year. So I think it'll be good to see them on prime time. Yeah. The Bengals are the one team that like I'm still like my heart over stats where I'm still believing in them despite the stats and the efficiency being really bad. You know the Bengals are not Sunday Night Football, right? They're not. No, it's it's the Raid. It's the Chargers and Bears. Oh, oh ew! Come on, what? It's, Ty- it's Tyler. Ba- that's the Tyler Bajan game or whatever it, the guy's it's name it's is. The, it's the back of quarterback for the Bears game. That's so. Why I get I get Bears have a big audience, but like, what have they done to get multiple primetime games? All right, um, Giants, Jets, MetLife Bowl. What is your prediction, Danny King? I mean, I can't just say good conscience, even if the Giants were t- didn't have a win this year. I can't say good conscience the Jets are going to win. This is the one game that I frankly care about for the rest of the year, unless the Giants obviously turn it on these coming weeks. But I'm taking the Giants to win because they got to win because I just love to really see Jets fans in misery. That's also another thing. I love seeing Philadelphia sports in misery. I also love seeing Jets fans in misery. Giants win. Uh, probably, I feel like it's going to be another defensive battle if we win. So I'm going to say Giants 17, Jets out. I would say Jets 10. Justin. As a lot of people know, I've been out. I've been out on this Giants season. I've been out on it for a long time. And to, to be honest, Giants had a really fun second half comeback against the Cardinals. But that even 
the first six quarters of the season really made me feel really bad about this team, and it snowballed from there. Win this Sunday against the Jets. I'm really back in. John Michael Schmitz looking like he's going to come back. That does help the offensive line because other guys can go elsewhere. Andrew Thomas may play. Regardless, hopefully he plays next week, even if he doesn't play this Sunday against the Jets. Win this Sunday against the Jets. Get another game closer to 500 with the schedule lightening up even more. I'll be back in. Giants win 20 to 13. 20 points. I'm, I'm surprised. you. I thought you were going to pick a win. I thought it'd be like 13 to 10. Which you make a good point on JMS, and I wish I should have given that more credence in the first part. Is that it allows us to not have to play Marcus McKeithen, which is very big when you're facing Quentin Williams. It's the MetLife Bowl, people. You only get these once every four years, unless the Giants and Jets have the same uh, record or the same division finish next year. But nonetheless, it's been a once every four years type deal. The Giants have not won it since the Victor Cruz 99-yard touchdown. Think about that. That's the last 99-yard touchdown in the NFL. That's the last time the Giants beat the Jets. Do not lose to a Zach Wilson-ran offense, Wink Martindale. Do not lose to those cats. Tyrod, continue the shine and show and show why you belong in the NFL. Like, Tyrod, you come out here and play well, you may be a team's bridge starter to start next season. You, may, you, you, can, really ex- you can extend your career with a good game like this. So it's the MetLife Bowl, and it's going to be a Giants victory. I'm going Giants 77, Jets 0. We appreciate you guys. Let's win the damn game. We'll see you Sunday. Recapping a victory, a victory Monday coming down the pipe again. We'll see you then. Until then, let's go Big Blue.